Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in D.C., and today I'm going to be talking with Scott Dworkin of the Democratic Coalition. We're going to be talking about yesterday's Senate trial, and I'm going to admit I didn't really watch too much of it. I saw some in the evening, but it'll be good to talk to Scott about that, get some of the details. And we're also going to talk about Tulsi suing Hillary and Hillary's comments on Bernie. Uh, I'm going to be short today with my intro and remind everybody that Start Me Up is an independent podcast, specifically letting my new listeners know that um, I don't have corporate funding and I don't use advertising right now. So that means that this show survives on listeners. Maybe you can become a subscriber for a dollar a month, $3, $5, $25, $50, whatever you feel comfortable with. $1 a month is less than taking me to the movies for what I do. So uh, if you sign up for $5 a month, you get access to patrons-only shows that sometimes it's just me flying solo, sometimes it's me with a guest. I recently did a show about a, like a way I've discovered to keep positive in these tumultuous times. And not just in these tumultuous times, it's, it's a great way to stay positive anytime. Good times, bad times. And no, it's not something you have to buy or anything like that. It's all free. But, you know, to get in and listen, I made that show for patrons only just for a dollar. So I did that show on Monday. You can check it out. You just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. On the front of the page, you can see the description of the show. You can see some of the people that I've interviewed. Great actors like Vincent D'Onofrio, Kristen Johnston, Holland Taylor, Kirk Acevedo. You can also see some of the uh, political people I've talked to. Molly Jong-Fast, Charlotte Clymer, Glenn Kirshner, Renato Mariotti. Um, just lots of people. Greg Oliar, Sherry Jacobus. I've also interviewed Joe Walsh, who's running for president, the Republican guy. So um that was an interesting interview. So lots of cool stuff. We've got lots of interesting and exciting and fun guests coming up. So if you would like to sign up, like I said, go to patreon.com slash start me up. You can also just on, on the Patreon description of the show, there is a link to my PayPal account because some people feel more comfortable just making a one-time donation every once in a while. If you want to do that, that's great. It just helps me produce the show. Last, you can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. So it'd be really awesome if you could go to iTunes, look up Start Me Up, become a subscriber there, please. And uh, if you like the show, rate it five stars and give it a review. Thank you to the people who have done it. Thank you to all my patrons. And that's really going to be it. I told you I'd be quick. So let's get to talking with Scott Dworkin. Welcome, Scott. Welcome back, I should say. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on the show. I'm looking forward to you filling me in on the uh, trial yesterday. As I mentioned in the intro, I didn't really watch it. I watched some of it and I saw some of the tweets coming down. But um, uh, I'm just going to jump right in and I'm going to ask you, and I I don't have his credentials in front of me, but Andy um, Ostroy, is that how I say his name? Yeah, Uh, it sounds right. (laughs) He tweeted out, am I crazy to think that McConnell's pretending to seek a quick sham trial to acquit Trump, but he knows the dam will soon burst because Collins, Murkowski, etc. will vote for evidence, witnesses. And when that happens, the testimony will be so devastating, they'll have to convict. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, You know, I've spoken to senators in the halls and uh, as of right now, it uh, looks like they're starting to bend mm-hmm. in regards to the American will, as you saw that it went from uh, two days to three days, uh, handwritten 
in regards to uh, each side and, and, and what they can present. And then it also went to um, evidence being potentially entered into evidence automatically being entered into the record. And he had to switch those things because there were enough senators that he did not have the votes. He lied about the votes that hmm. he said he had the votes to uh, McConnell said he had the votes to uh, pass the resolution for the rules. And mm-hmm. he didn't. <laughs> um, so they were too stringent. But he it's smart. It's a Trump negotiating tactic when they try and make you fight over things you shouldn't have to fight over. Yeah. Like we're fighting over witnesses and documents when that should be a given mm-hmm. uh, for right. a trial. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, picking that fight and uh luckily you know because he was so partisan about how he presented it it enraged the american people enough for them to speak out and you know in in the end i think uh the evidence and documents will come out no matter what trial or no trial um if they want to lose the senate in the easiest way possible then they hold a sham trial and they'll be held accountable in the elections Uh, i don't i don't know I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of talk about like, well, Pence wouldn't be that bad in regards to Republican circles. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see anyone tilting yet, but I do see the polling indicative that, um, you know, we're tilting up towards 60 percent in regards mm-hmm. to support for his removal. And I think when people realize probably next week that, um, you know, there's an actual chance that less than two dozen people, you know, it, that's all it takes for him to be removed when when people kind of figure that out that that's the reality here that they're not deciding about impeachment he was already impeached this is a removal trial yeah. and uh i think that they'll i i my my hope is that they'll uh, remove him but if they choose not to there will be political repercussions for the rest of their life um and this is a decision where it's not going to be a one day thing it will, will not be something that people ever forget and uh so if they want to go ahead and, and choose to defend him, then, you know, that's probably the, the end of their political careers. So do you think Susan Collins is going to bend? No. What about Murkowski? Yes. What about uh, Mitt Romney? Yes. Hmm. Do you think, I mean, how I'm going to go, <laughs> I just did a, a podcast on Monday, a solo podcast where I talked about being positive. So um, and just finding like this way to be positive in this, terrible Mm -hmm. experience but i'm gonna go on the negative now and i'm gonna say i'm not very hopeful about um trump being removed i i don't see it happening but the funny thing is is that even though i don't see it happening i could totally see it happening because we're living in a upside down world where you know everybody can predict what they can predict but um you know it's hard to predict because no one thought he was going to make it to the Democrat, or I'm sorry, to the Republican nomination. And so here we are all these years later. Well, I'm not going to say nobody, but a lot of people figured that he was just going to be this silly, crazy character running and they didn't give him a lot of credit. And then here we are. So I'm just curious, like I'm so torn over how I feel about the way like Mitch McConnell is behaving. So is it something that he's like, you know, I had this thought the other night, even though I know he's tied to Russia and he's received money from Russia, but it's like, he's kind of an oligarch and then Putin is an oligarch and maybe, um, and like the Koch brothers are oligarchs and I know the Koch brothers don't like Putin. So there's like maybe this war between the American oligarchs to control this country um, and fighting the Russian oligarchs. So that's the bigger picture. And then when I look at Mitch McConnell, it's like, is, is that what he he's doing is he trying to 
take over the like American oligarch side? Um, do, is there, I mean, like, do you see hope? Do you see real hope? Yeah. I and mean, I think that the, I have an op-ed coming out shortly and, and, uh, in a big paper and probably tomorrow or on, sorry, on Thursday. Congratulations. Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> well, we'll see if it gets printed, uh, but you know, that might get stopped. It's been stopped before yeah. uh, when I've written one, uh, by the Trump administration and they, uh, followed suit and wow. eventually got it printed. But, um, this one is about how we have to believe in removal in order for there to even be a chance. Mm-hmm. And so it, for us to actually have any chance of removal, if we accept the Trump argument of they'll never do it, mm-hmm. and it, it, then we will never, there's right. no chance because there won't be the energy behind it. Right. If people don't believe it'll happen, they have a duty and um, we expect them to do their duty. And there's mm-hmm. only one choice if you're honest and, and you want to be truthful and you want to stand by the Constitution. There's only one choice here. And you do have to look at everything. You don't just look at what's in this trial. you got to use your common sense mm-hmm. and look at everything. How many how many court cases is he involved with right now that involve his sexual assault? So you've got yeah. Eugene Carroll. Um, you, you've got other uh, survivors that are suing him over defamation um, and the lies that he's told about his sexual assault. Um, and then you, you have – you know, different emoluments clauses. You have the DC attorney general now suing the Nargo committee over uh, fraud by the Trump family and enriching themselves. That was announced today. Um, you have uh, other States and also cities uh, pursuing him in regards to other crimes that he's, he's committed. And he's obviously individual one in the Cohen case. He's yeah. uh, wrapped up in the Ukraine scandal with a conspiracy here. That's uh, probably, you know, well, it's already been exposed that Putin was his advisor on mm-hmm. Ukraine and the, the scandals there. So um, and he's the one who he cited as uh, well. Putin told me that it's true. And, you know, he bought into it. So, yeah, yeah he's uh, we're, we're, I think that there's a big chance for removal, but not if we don't believe it's the same thing with impeachment. When we started the first impeachment campaign, it was the night that he lost the popular vote. And the reason we did that is because we had to plan ahead. So you hear all these Republicans talking about, oh, they were planning to impeach him since day one. No, he was committing impeachable acts since mm-hmm. day one. Yeah. And we were prepared for it and we organized it. And they keep on getting around. They st- two days before his inauguration, they said, st- no, we started it the night of the election. That night, we started the first impeachment campaign because we knew he'd be in violation of the oath of office mm-hmm. day one. And we were, we were right. Yeah. And we weren't going to come in unprepared. So, But when we did that, it was along the lines of he will never, he will never be impeached. You're wasting your time. Hmm. And no one believed it was even close to possible. So it started with um, probably a timeline along the lines of, oh, Flynn – He'll never get fired. You're wasting your time there. And then he got fired. Oh, well, you're trying to get Sessions to recuse himself. That's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to push for it anyways. And then he recuses himself. And then Nunes will never do that. And we dig up stuff and uh, links to the, the this wine company in Russia. Um, and uh, then he does his fake recusal. Um, obviously it ended up being fake, but he still did it publicly mm-hmm. and recused himself from the Russia probe. Uh, and then, um, I think Conaway supposedly was supposed to take over and did, did not do that. But, um, and then, you know, under full Republican control, it never, we were never going to get a special prosecutor, 
uh, appointed. And then we did not only that, but we got one of the more serious ones that actually, you know, Sessions, it seems, um, didn't actually want them to be able to cover it up. So um, and that's why, you know, Mueller was then appointed. And then, of course, you move into the, the fall of uh, 2018 and we went back to the House. Mm-hmm. Uh, you follow, follow that with statewide wins in uh, New Jersey, Virginia. Um, and then before that, we had won statewide also in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, recently in Kentucky as well. And so yeah. you've got this onslaught of wins and wins. And, and, but we're not we would not have gotten to impeachment if it were, were not for Sessions recusal and Nunes recusal and the appointment of Mueller and the winning back the House and making sure that Speaker Pelosi was in charge. I mean, there was, there was a lot of things that had to happen for impeachment to happen. But if we didn't start the night of his election, he would have never been impeached. Like hmm. That's not it's just not something that would have been ha- like we had to count every single vote and approach every single member of Congress um, and it wouldn't do, it was never easy. It was never, we started with like three members of Congress hmm. and even then people looked at him loopy eyed. So I, I see him as committing tens of thousands of different impeachable acts, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because the bar doesn't have to be that high for yeah. an impeachable act. One lie to the American people that you can prove is an impeachable act. Hmm. One kid locked up in cages, yeah. one kid separated from families. Like it does not have to be some, gigantic scandal even though this is and this ukraine scandal is bigger than people can even imagine and finally democrats have really honed in on how to explain that clearly to the american people that you cannot invite any foreign adversary or ally (laughs) uh to to help you out because that is cheating that is illegal and that is not a democracy that is uh, it's just crazy. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I have worked on over a thousand campaigns in all 50 states and D.C. Uh, over the past 15 years. And I have never interacted with anyone that uh, d- does not live inside this country and legally allowed to work on those campaigns and coordinate with us. And never not once not yeah. even spoken with people. People message me now from like Canada. They're like, how can I help out the resistance? And we, I have to respond hmm. with a template response saying I can't advise you whatsoever on this and i can't help you out i'm sorry because we don't coordinate with anyone that's not you know that that we can't legally do so with so i mean this is insanity you would never want we we've gone to war over people messing with other elections Mm -hmm. in other countries we've got you know i mean like we've taken over uh dictatorships and knocked out leaders because they were messing with their elections like we, th- these are things that would usually be uh, things that could draw people to war, and and the fact that maybe people don't recognize that the reason why we have all these crazy things happening here is because the elections are being manipulated, mm-hmm. and there's you know widespread voter fraud from uh, GOP. Like we just we 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 have to hold them accountable every step of the way, and in order for him to be removed. The only way we can do that is, again, to believe that he can potentially be removed because it's the honest and the right thing to do. And if they want to choose the the route of treason and the route of, uh, I, I guess, leaving uh, the Constitution in the dust, th- that will forever stain them. This is not like 
anything else that we've ever experienced that we may experience in our lifetime. Like this is everything. This yeah. is going to be John Roberts legacy. This is going to be every Senator's legacy. Um, it's going to be all they're known for unless they're elected president. And uh, they, it really is uh, some of the biggest uh, events that will ever happen in American history, especially in our lifetime. So I, I, I cannot stress enough that at the end of the day, he will be proven to be a criminal. Mm-hmm. He will be uh, either a person that flips on everyone that he knows and somehow gets a plea deal slash has health reasons that he can't go to prison or whatever. Right, yeah. uh, but he's not going to be able to, you know, wiggle out of it. And um, the only way he can do that is by turning on everybody. And so if, if everybody looks at everything that's happened combined with all of the people who have been indicted and put in mm-hmm. prison that that's around him, and the people who continue to go to prison that's around him, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And uh, if people want to, you know, vote to, uh, you know, profess that he's not guilty, and then there's more that comes out because they're covering this up with Ukraine, what are they going to do then? What yeah. are they going to do when Putin's like, oh, you know, here's that here's that call between Zelensky and Trump. <laughs> Like, here's the audio from that. Here's yeah, the but would Putin that do that? Have. Because obviously uh, he wants Trump to stay in there because as long as Trump is in there, he gets, you know, keys to the White House. Oh, right. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with that until he's done with them. Uh, right. And, and I also, I don't think I think we've got to also keep in mind that and this has started to happen a little bit. Um, there's no way Trump's going anywhere without him throwing Pence under a bus first. He's mm-hmm. not going to let just take out like, <laughs> yeah, right he's just way too vindictive and childlike to do that oh yeah oh yeah but but pence is smart enough to probably uh, outsmart him you know what i mean he can outmaneuver trump and, seemed... and he really well go ahead well i was just gonna say it seems to me that uh i guess i guess maybe the demo you know obviously republicans are okay with pence and everything but i don't know that pence has the enthusiasm to win an election, especially um, because everybody pretty much knows the resistance uh, knows whether you're an independent or a Democrat or whatever, you know, that Pence is part of this. And so does, you know, like it comes down to do Republicans believe Pence could win in 2020? I don't know if they think that. Right. And I, you know, that's an interesting thing because um, if it were to be Pence, he would be so toned down in regards to the rhetoric and the propaganda, mm-hmm. and it, it, he would look like a, a Boy Scout. Yeah. Um, even though you know, there's no policy that Trump runs whatsoever. There's nothing. There's not one thing that he like has a handle on that he's directing. Everything is methodical. Everything's run by uh, Charles Kushner. Um, and, you know, Mulvaney sort of has some input, but it's really about Charles Kushner. He's the key figure in this all, um, which is Jared Kushner's dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been advising Trump since day one. Um, and so they I don't think Jared does anything. Um, I think he's just a placeholder because you can't really have a guy that uh, blackmailed his brother via his sister Um you know, by hiring a prostitute and videotaping them yeah. together and then sending that videotape to his sister and then being sent to prison via Rudy Giuliani and Chris Christie. 
um, I, you know, like you can't make that up. Like that's, <laughs> and then he's in the White House, you know, uh, <laughs> immediately after the election. So, I mean, like, yeah. there's just a lot of a lot of this corruption and the circle keeps on getting smaller and mm-hmm. it's more and more corrupt and it's more and more evil. It's like people tracking people. This this is when you start to uh, in authoritarian governments or, or dictatorships. This is when they start to really hurt their own people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, right, you start yeah. abroad, you let people like Khashoggi get murdered, you let um, other people get kidnapped or hurt. Um, you try and act like uh, someone stalking the U.S. ambassador is okay. You act like them being in danger. You don't have to defend them. That you don't have to investigate it. You have the Ukrainian government opening an investigation into Yovanovitch potential stalking mm-hmm. before the United States government opens one. And then even then, it was predicated with the fact that Pompeo said, "Oh, um, well, but we're going to find no fact. We're going we're to clear them of charges, basically. Like they're they're obviously going to be found out that there was nothing that was done there. And then, of course, you know, more texts came out, and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you, they're like stalking her, and they had someone on the inside. And when you talk about getting rid of her over and over again, um, you can't you can't be an idiot and and yeah. think, oh, it's not. I don't want to be thrown around conspiracies. No, not not just a conspiracy theory here this is based on the facts that we have it looks like they tried to assassinate her or mm-hmm. kidnap yeah, her that's what it looks and, like. and not only, this isn't the only person that they've tried to potentially assassinate and kidnap for other countries and other people and people around a circle so it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to do that especially if she was the one who could have helped bring down the entire presidency. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what they feared. Um, and what happened was the backlash was here uh, massive, obviously. They, did, they never expected this to spin out of control like this. Same thing with the Russia scandal. Um, but somehow, you know, he's been able to throw the right people under the bus and still uh, stay above above water. Um, but, you know, yeah, he's one has lucky motherfucker, point. isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he is. He's very resilient. And I've learned a lot from Donald. Um, you know, he has a lot of bad habits. But, um, you know, through through his team, you know, of hundreds of people that help out with the tweeting and the, the different propaganda arms that he has, uh, we've learned a lot about how he likes to try and manipulate people Mm -hmm. there's no he doesn't sit there on the phone he's not i I don't believe he knows how to use a phone he's not swooping i I don't think he knows how to flush a toilet Uh, i know he does it like 15 or 16 times (laughs) when you use the constitution as toilet paper and try to shove it down the toilet you try flush it 10 to 15 times like I, i it's like a it's like a weird argument where you're you're like screw wind power i want coal because i want those fumes and it's like <laughs> yeah, what right. are you talking about like yeah yeah that's the that's a, that's the thing to do like tough <laughs> guy i'm like shut you idiot like <laughs> yeah let's get let's revert back to toilets from the 1950s yeah it's like no yeah well you need one that you, you flush and then you're uh, get pulled into the toilet like how hard do you need to press? <laughs> oh like, i wish that would happen to about, him <laughs> yeah so i mean he uh, there is no like people i think as we expose the propaganda uh parts of things it's going to be taken less seriously mm-hmm. and as twitter starts to clamp down on him and his misinformation campaign um you know I, it, again it's been the best gift 
to a, a positive spin, thinking positively, as you said, mm-hmm. it, it's the best gift that our democracy has had and will have in our lifetime is Donald Trump. Hmm. And that's he's the best worst thing that could happen to us yeah. in regards to if you look at the positive parts of it, if and again, this is just based on the consequence, like where we're at. This is reality. So um, it, we accept that fact. This is what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at what it's done. Well, yeah, a lot of people have been educated uh, kids protesting. Yeah. And uh, the a lot of young people waking up to it, but a lot of people starting to understand government. And I mean, I know that it's been a lesson for me in many ways. Uh, I, I would like to say, though, I mean, I've. I've been called the crack of doom by my mother and, you know, (laughs) for good reason. Although I can, I can also be a Pollyanna, not, not in the literal sense, but in the way that I do see ways out of it. I think one of the things that you said is really key. um, Despite my, sometimes indulging in the negative. It is truly about believing. And that's kind of something I talked about on my solo show on Monday, because if we all believe it, if all of us believe it, then we're all going to make it happen. The perspective right. it, it, is, is, is going to control how Americans behave. And then, and then in turn, that's going to put the pressure on the government officials to, you know, behave in such a way that they either feel like they're going to they're afraid they're going to lose their positions or whatever it is so it is true i mean i see a lot of people on twitter saying um oh this is never gonna it's like a very negative attitude and despite my sometimes negative uh indulgence i never take to that because i do believe that we have to push through with yes we can i mean take some take a card from obama yes we can we can do it it's just we have to do it instead i I can't stand it when I see people saying, you know, I give up or, um, oh, that's never going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. It's hard to predict. I mean, you can base a prediction on what's happened in the past. Like, for instance, there are two election experts that are predicting a blue flood for 2020 because of what we've seen in 2017, 18 and 19. I mean, we've seen blue floods. And so, and in fact, in 2018, as I'm you mentioned, that, I'm taking that word that I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's... And it's, we have to flood them. And, and that's what, I can't remember the guy's first guy's name. He wrote something in Axios earlier, but he, he had said that 2018 was more of a general election turnout, which is really impressive considering 2014 was one of the lowest turnouts in 80 years. So you've got Mm -hmm. a difference between those two midterms and, you know, one at general election turnout is amazing and it's based on Trump, whether it was for or against him and mostly it was against him. But votes were based on, you know, people's opinions of what Trump is doing. So I do think it's possible that we can overcome what we're up against, but enough of us have to feel that way. Right. And and I think the, if you don't, people are like, but I don't want to get my hopes up. And I say to them, yeah, you have to. Yeah. And, and, and I know, and I know it could lead to disappointment. Right. It could lead to you being sad or mad or, but like, if we don't have that outrage, if they do, act like he's not guilty and hold a sham trial. Like if they do that, um, we need to be able to take in the fact that we can't accepting it as normalized Mm -hmm. is insane. So we like the, the same thing to do is to assume that they're going to do the right thing because they have a responsibility to do so and not, you know, giving them a pass 
and no one gets a pass. No one gets a free pass here. No one gets a, an opportunity to, you know, talk their case in regards to, oh, well, I've got to make sure that I really look at the facts because they're not, they're not doing that. So they start with, oh, he's obviously innocent. Um, and then you, you look at it and it's like, wait, are you out of your mind? Like, <laughs> oh, there's no evidence. And then it's like, la, 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 mm-hmm. la. And I'm yeah. like, dude, like, you, you're going you're gonna to ignore like just the straight facts here. Like you literally, the United States government literally said that he broke the law when he withheld that funding. Yeah. And then they're trying to ignore the fact that Ukrainians died while they withheld that funding. Mm-hmm. They're trying to act like, oh, well, he eventually gave them lethal weapons. Uh, Obama didn't do that. And I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? Obama was there. Yeah. Obama stood next to them. Obama has the most legendary, most uh, imposing and threatening picture with Putin that yes. ever has existed ever. It's the most demeaning, uh, uh, beautiful pictures that has existed. I mean, it's one of the best pictures of <laughs> yeah, Obama it ever because it matters. Cause we, when he looks down at him and he looks at him and he's like, don't fuck with me. Right. Don't you dare fuck with me. I will destroy you. Like that's how we need to respond to people right. who mess, who attack the United States of America. Let's forget about tax on our democracy or trying to make it. Like, no, it, this is an attack on the United States of mm-hmm. America that should be treated like a terrorist attack. A constant terrorist attack against us is acts of war constantly. Mm-hmm. And and I think what we're learning is cyber war affects your real life. The internet oh, yes, it does. affects your real life. And accepting that, accepting that it's part of who we are now, and that is that we can be manipulated mm-hmm. by it, that people use it for nefarious reasons mm-hmm. in very unique ways that you wouldn't expect. Like this is all stuff that we're learning about and exposed to. And that's the only way to get over that hump. You know, we have I, I have uh, senior citizens who are friends that will tell me about, oh, like I went ahead and safeguarded my Facebook now. So that it's not open um, or, or like I got threats the other day, but it was my friend also got a threat and it was the same text. So like, is this a bad this, this is not a real person. Mm-hmm. And so there's things like that where people are realizing like, oh, this isn't all real. This isn't like this is a formed propaganda or it's yeah. threats that are a team of people. So people are finally uh, waking up to that fact. That all leads us back to being able to beat propaganda mm-hmm. in this day and age. And the only way you can do that is by a mind numbing pounding at a constant backwards with the truth until you, you get everyone that's been involved with this put in prison or driven out of the public sphere at, at like, that's the only way that it can be done. None of this is going to be easy. This is only going to get harder. He's mm-hmm. going to get crazier. Mm-hmm. Um, but all he's going to do is prove why he should be removed. And the, in the end of the day, I think that he will uh, figure out a way to uh, maybe uh, pull through and then try and act like he's more moderate and even handed and do less of the crazy tweets, but the outbursts are going to come again. 
Really? You know, I, you know what? I have a hard time seeing that because it seems to me if he gets acquitted, I feel like he's going to kind of do what he did when, when he believed he was let off the hook for the Mueller investigation. I don't know that he's got the sense to, um, I mean, you could be right. And I'm not saying that I know anything. I'm just guessing based on, you know, watching his behavior and, and seeing how, like he, if he thinks he can really truly get away with anything, then he just might completely lose it and be so obvious in front of us. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to tell, but I, I want to kind of go back though to what you were saying about the misinformation, disinformation. And I want to remind people how important this is because so many liberals think that they're immune to it. Like, oh yeah, it's just the MAGA crowd. No, it is definitely every one of us. There was a great Rolling Stone article that came out in November that talked about how there are these bad actors and they, they, you know, there's, there was this one particular account whose name escapes me, but I don't know, had hundreds of thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of of retweets on something. And, and these, these people who wrote this article pointed out that like the average Trump tweet maybe gets like a hundred thousand likes. Well, this bad actor who was a Russian troll, a literal Russian, uh, behind an account pretending to be a progressive tweeted something out that got more likes than the average likes of president, or I don't want to say president, but Trump's tweets. So, um, you know, and, and then what winds up happening is these Russian trolls, they're posing as liberals, and they say things that we can all, all the liberals and all the resistors are like, yeah, yeah. So we retweet it, and we like it, and we play along. And that winds up happening is that bad actor then starts to tweet things out that make us doubt the democratic party in some way and um, yeah so we cannot be sold on the idea that liberals are immune no we are not and the other thing is is that there are certain kinds of articles that come out or messaging that like let's say you are um and i'm just i'm going to use an example that i'm and i'm not saying that this happens but let's just say you are a biden supporter and you hate Bernie. Uh, sure. So if you get, if you see a, a, an anti-Bernie, um, whether it's a meme or something, messaging come down and it suits your narrative. Maybe it's not true, but it suits your narrative. And you retweet it, then you're part of you're part of it. You're part of adding to the disinformation. Same thing like with Elizabeth Warren. If you're um, if you don't like Elizabeth Warren. Uh, and and you see whether it's a pundit or, or or an article or whatever it is criticizing her for something that's not um, true, but because you don't like her, you either ignore it or you spread it. You're part of the problem, because you know what? I'm not a big Bernie supporter, but you know, and I will call out things uh, that I think are legitimate, but I'm not going to promote something that's anti-Bernie just because he's not my favorite candidate. Uh, I will vote for him if he's the Democratic nominee. Uh, But, you know, it's just because something, you know, comes along that I see and I'm like, oh, I don't like Bernie, so I'm going to retweet it. Don't behave that way. That's immature. That isn't uh, a Democratic way to behave. You know, there's so much shit coming out about everybody and, and so much of it is opinion. And so... We like to, a lot of the times, and I'm seeing this like teams, we, you know, we take what we like and then, and then we, you know, we allow ourselves to use it against the person we don't like, whether it's true or not. 
And we mm-hmm. have to stop doing that. So I just, I just had to throw hmm. that out there. Um, I wonder if that's ever happened to me. Uh, they, they, they were, there was a guy that used to uh, uh, work at the Heritage Foundation, and he works at a major publication now. And one of the rumors that they tried to spread around me is that I was uh, pocketing all this money from the resistance and, and all this jazz. I'm a big D.C. consultant. I've worked full-time for the coalition and only the coalition since 2016. I've had no other clients. But the attack angle that they had was, oh, you know, he might be doing something weird here. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you something. Uh, if I did anything wrong ever in any way whatsoever, I'd be in prison. Like Trump would get me immediately. Like there'd be yeah. FEC complaints against me. We have a compliance team. We have uh, lawyers uh, who check everything. We file everything properly. Um, but they'll still come after you. And then the whole point of them coming after you is for two audiences, one for yourself and one for them, for the people who want to attack you. And they will use that to divide you and cast doubt over people. Mm-hmm. And then you you read these articles about resistors where it's like a hit piece or whatever, but then it's just like opinion and th- there's not many facts mm-hmm. and it's a clickbait title and it's a picture and then people start to spread it. Uh, or they'll respond to your tweets with it, be like, well, but look at this, but look at this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I think people have, people have become smarter with that, but also, you know, it's, there's so much information out there that they can o- overlook it. Like we have people who have written a hit piece about me and then put me, put our research, uh, you know, our investigative team, one of the biggest in the, in the world, uh, we, we, then they feature our investigate investigation and some of our research materials in a piece the next day after they hit us and say, well, they don't do anything. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, so they can't even control their own papers sometimes, yeah. uh, but it casts out because that's what they, they want. But I'll tell you what, in order for you to survive in this political climate, you have to get the crap kicked out of you nowadays. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to experience it. You have to get through it. I have. have to stay <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to get into it too much, but yeah, in 2018, um, I tweeted something that the right picked up on and oh my, I mean, nobody from the left gave a shit, but, and I'm not even going to repeat it just because it was such a fucking nightmare when, I mean, I had Nazi sites going after me and I was on the cover of Fox news and which was actually mm-hmm. funny because the Fox news thing didn't bother me, but it was like right. every single right wing, um, paper online stuff. They all went after me and it was, it was it, somebody even called my cell phone. Some woman was trying to shame me on my cell phone. And it was like, oh, my God, how did she get my number? Um, (laughs) It was just crazy. But, you know, I want to switch gears here. And I wanted to ask you about um, Tulsi. And I I, want to cover two things. I want to cover the fact that Tulsi is suing Hillary Clinton. But I also do, before you go, I want to talk about um, the the Hillary and Bernie, you know, the the comments that she made about Bernie. But before we get into that... um, so do you think this is going to be a frivolous lawsuit and that it's going to be thrown out this idea that Tulsi is suing Hillary Clinton because she referred to her as a Russian asset? asset. I mean, yeah. she's good. You know, there's going to be if there's going to be discovery, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I don't know if either want that. Right. Um, but I, I would say that I the red flag for me was when Tulsi went and met with Assad without uh-huh. notifying any Democrats about it and only coordinate with the Trump administration about that. Um, and that really, I didn't understand that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I, I not, it, I'm not sure exactly, um, you know, what the point is of a lot of it. It's a distraction. It seems, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly if it's something where, um, Tulsi be able to win, uh, that kind of lawsuit. Cause again, you have to prove that you're not right. And, like a lot of the things that she's rolled <laughs> yeah. into has been aligned with what you would define that as nowadays. So it's, it's going to be a hard uh, thing to prove that, you know, not only that, but like, I think the most important thing in, in regards to this is did it cause her financial harm mm-hmm. and, and did it cause her irrevo- like financial harm that was so bad that it's worthy of that. Like, and I don't think she'll be able to prove that that's like the bottom line is, did it cost you money? Right. And I don't, I I don't believe that it did. I believe that it actually gained her money in regards to her campaign. I don't, I don't think she'll be able to prove that because there's too much money and too much attention that was made off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I just don't, you know, a guy that knows about, you know, fake news and, wanting to um, go after people in regards to a legal sense where, you know, I'm like, they wrote this BS hit piece. I want to, you know, sue them or whatever. They're like, nah, you're just going to have to shut up. And I'm like, because <laughs> you got to prove that they did something that people, you know, you lost something major or like, and, and you can't do that. Well, and, and Hillary, think, Hillary didn't even mention either. her by name. She just, she said one of the Democratic candidates and she didn't say agent. She didn't say that she was working for Vladimir Putin, basically that she was an asset and she is in that they use her. I mean, they use Bernie Sanders. They use whatever they think they can or whoever they think they can to pit Democratic voters against each other so that that benefits Trump, which benefits Putin. So it's like, yes, she is an asset. Maybe maybe she's an unwilling asset. I really don't know. I don't trust her. And I, I have no idea, you know, where she is in all of this, other than the fact that I see the way she, you know, she's running as a Democrat to be president of the United States. And then she goes on Sean Hannity and bashes the Democratic Party. So right. I'm sorry to me, that is an asset to Russia. <laughs> it just is. Sure. And if, if she wants if to fucking sue me, somebody, go ahead. If not her, it'd be somebody else. It, yeah, somebody exactly. else would be that part of the Democratic Party where they're, um, you know, Fox News and they play for the right and they act like it's something that can be transferred over. Um, I, I really I, it's still confusing to me as to what um, they're trying to accomplish with it. Um, but I, I, you know, division. Again, I think just it's just not, division. I don't like people who who promote the divisiveness and. Like, again, if you file this suit, it's so that we're talk we talk about it so that because there was there was nothing else to talk about with her. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's no controversy. Then there's not much reason to talk about what she's up to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and so now that there's a lawsuit, like there's another talking point. Right. Um, but I don't think, again, you'd have to prove and I don't know if it's her or if it's her campaign or both that sued or what's represented in the lawsuit because I haven't read into it that much. But uh, if, again, she'd have to prove, uh, and this, I'm not taking sides, but you have to prove like very clearly uh, in black and white, I lost this. Mm-hmm. Like we right, yeah. lost 30,000 donors. And I just don't, 
she's benefited more yeah, from she just it wants than, to be in not. the news so you're basically yeah. saying she wants people to be talking about her so congratulations tulsi you got your way right now <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it, it's it's just what it's what happens i think that you know if you look at the campaign and you ignore potential nefarious if you just look at the facts and what is happening what avenues does she have for traction yeah. for getting coverage and yeah. this is the only route she just wants the... attention she wa- and, you know, she just wants attention and i think that there's a good chance hillary was right about her uh doing a third party run so this would just keep her relevant for a while uh, before she announces it i mean i hope she doesn't i hope she chooses not to run third party she said she wouldn't but we'll see i don't know um, and then, then that brings us to Bernie. So, okay. Yesterday the news came out that Hillary said no one likes Bernie and everybody freaked out. And, um, it turns out that she said that in 2017 before the election began, she said it in a documentary, but then when she was interviewed by the Hollywood reporter, Hollywood reporter, she did kind of talk about the Bernie bro culture, which by the way, uh, I've had so many people who are Bernie supporters say they have never seen that culture. Well, I don't know where you have been because I've seen it. And I was a huge Bernie supporter in 2016. And then I became a Hillary supporter. And I started to see the backlash, um, you know, when I supported her. I mean, he wasn't even in the picture anymore. But because I supported her, I got a lot of... I mean, I never got any death threats or anything like that. But I had a lot of people, if, you know, I, I understand why someone likes Bernie. I get it because I did. I like his vision. Um, he lost the nomination, so I went right over to Hillary. And so there would be people on, say, like my social media pages who were still Bernie supporters, and they would want to argue with me. And I would try very, very hard to, you know, not get into fights and and say, "Look, I understand where you're coming from, but this." And so, and they they would just escalate and escalate and escalate, and they would say shitty things. Sometimes they say sexist things to me, and I would block them. And then I would get like, and primarily this would happen from men. I women didn't do this, but I've had a number of men find my email address and then message me after I blocked them, telling them, telling me, "Oh, I, you know, I'm so disappointed in you. I thought you were smarter than this," and you know, and then berate me for choosing to. F- back the democratic nominee when the republican one was trump (laughs) and so (laughs) it's like you know i hate this fucking feud but it seems to me that these it's painful that these comments came out um but a hillary has a right to feel how she feels and she did express the the main point that no one likes bernie which okay i think that maybe that's not I think she was specifically talking about members of Congress, and I think there are some people that like him, but maybe the general tone she was talking about, obviously he's been able to build a massive following massive so there are people in the world that like Bernie and um you know but but I can understand why you know she would feel the way she felt after the election when she was interviewed, and then she did add to the culture of some of his more uh, let's just say intense supporters. Um, so what do you feel about this whole thing? Well, I, I think, you know, one of the things is this is a weird timing for that to come out. Um, so it, you have to wonder why now? 
um, why is it specifically coming out now and why does it need to be presented? And if you wanted to get the best sort of Hillary endorsement, if you're Bernie that you could get, this is probably the best that you can get <laughs> because then, then you're able to use this as like, uh, you know, instead of Trump's going to do it anyways, where he attaches Hillary to anyone yeah. who's the nominee. Right. But Bernie will like, use he's this, able yeah. to say, I mean, no, well, well, I mean, yeah, Hillary said she don't like, like, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. So he's got now an attack line. Right. Um, to give him cover, even if she's even if he's the norm- nominee and she goes out and campaigns for him or, what, or maybe just yeah. raises money or something. Um, if he's the nominee. Like, I think it's I think it's good for him and they knew exactly how to respond to that. Hmm. And so the timing's interesting. Um, you know, I'm I, I used to uh, work for the Progressive Caucuses Foundation and I had the opportunity to work with Bernie for years. And, um, you know, I helped run the, the initial draft Warren effort and I helped run the draft Biden effort. So I've, I've been I've been involved with, you know, all these different people and I've, they're amazing folks to work with all mm-hmm. of them. Um, and I think it's like, there's this, there's this kind of like necessary, uh, or to, people think it's necessary to overblow the situation mm-hmm. because there's so many candidates in the race and they want to separate themselves, but they can't seem to do it without controversy. Um, and so it's that, uh, it's that idea of, okay, we're like we're under attack. Let's take advantage of the attack instead of, you know, um, let's just fight until we're, we're both in the ground. Like that, that's not, that's not how we need to do things. And then my, my hope is that um, people will have learned from what happened in 2016 and the divisive nature of things and how uh, foreign adversaries and the Trump team used fake Bernie accounts mm-hmm. to do exactly what was done to you Yeah. Um, to try and, divide people um and and you know you can't really because this is how it's set up you can't really figure out who's who so then you have bernie people real ones um that are normal people you know that want to support him and are not Mm -hmm. um you know trying to be divisive or whatever right uh promoting those accounts that they're saying stuff promoting bernie and then, then you're right then they insert the oh look at this like i can't believe like the outrage everybody blah 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 fan the flames and you know and it's like you, you you're not sure exactly who or what you're you're doing so i think there's going to be a couple things that change uh, at twitter security wise before the election that allow us to weed through that easier that would be great. one of them one of them being a multi-step verification where you have the blue verified checks and then you also have maybe a gray verified check where there's if you want to become verified to confirm who you are mm-hmm. as in at least the base level of things that you're a real person yeah then you have to go by your real name and then you get a check mark that's gray or something that you're not a public figure but you're also right. a person um so that would be really great. That, what's that? That would be really great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's there's things like that that's pretty simple to try and weed through it so that, you know, you don't have uh, the potential to reach millions of people. Yes. Um, if with, with this information. And I think there's, there's a lot, like, they've made a lot of progress. Twitter's really been great 
um, lately in regards to just specifically, um, you know, making sure they take down accounts, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of disinformation. And, you know, you have the fight of, well, can they limit Trump's stuff? You know, that's a tricky situation because yeah. it works both ways, negatively and positively for mm-hmm. us. So I, I, I'd love it if they, you know, shut down his rhetoric in regards to like things that he's just using to divide right, people yeah. and spread hatred. And But it's like, well, what what is that? But it's all like, evidence, what, too. So, yeah. Yeah. And so like we and then if that happens, like, can I speak in the same way that I'm speaking? Mm-hmm. Can I say the same uh, things about him being on hinge and a nut job and can right um, would they limit me and so like it's it's kind of like we we're, we're we're in this wizard of oz land still <laughs> yeah. with the internet where you know they pull the plug on some pages and then they don't on others and you know you're not sure why you're suspended or who's suspended or what the reasoning is and then magically you turn back on and you know, it could take weeks of outrage publicly for people to reassign. So, I mean, like, there's so many different layers to it. But, yeah, there's a lot of simple fixes that could prevent uh, people from being tricked into, uh, you know, either gaslighting or lies or, this, you know, any kind of falsehoods whatsoever. And that, I mean, I, I think what's going to happen is people will be so entrenched for this election mm-hmm. that there will just be a few different people that will be like the unbiased truth tellers that can be trusted um, yourself, myself. uh, And I'm only giving us this example because it's like, you got to have that constant daily pound where you've proven yourself for years to be trusted, Mm -hmm. to apologize if you made something wrong Mm -hmm. um, and to not apologize when you didn't. Like when I announced that Vinman was going to get fired when i announced that uh people obviously um were very angry about that because they were going to remove him and then of course an hour later they respond and say we were never going to move him and people are like oh no like you're lying you took you need to take that down i'm like not lying i want proof that they were never going to do it and they mm-hmm. didn't of course release anything um, I was right. And uh, <laughs> they 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 uh, they were trying to do it. And there was timing. And they've done this before with other people where I mean, I don't know how many times they said Sarah Sanders is going to be leaving. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Sarah Sanders leaving in December. Yeah. Sarah Sanders. And they use that to distract. And now nobody cares who leaves and who doesn't, because it it's not it's not like going to be like, oh, we're not going to have press conferences anymore. Yeah. Like I could go out and ask a reporter, like, who's the press secretary? And it takes them a minute to think about it. Like, you know, that's that's where we're right. at. Because yeah. like uh, uh, Stephanie, uh, uh, that that author guy, Grisham. And it's like, <laughs> uh, like that's, what I, that's what I heard yesterday from a White House reporter. Who's wow. One of, the, one of the big people. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, OK, yeah, that's not good. No. Um, but this is this is where we're at, where when you lower the bar like this and you have the most unqualified immoral uh people at the helm you have massive amounts of corruption and and when we talk about rebuilding after trump this is what we're talking about it's not what people have found out now Mm -hmm. it's not what people have discovered as of now it's what we don't know about that is the worst it's what we're going to find out about when he leaves office that we're going to have to expose it'll be on the world stage 
we'll look like assholes yeah. and that, but we'll have to expose it to bring the people down. Yeah. Everybody's going to prison. Nobody. I hope so. I really, really hope so because that's one of the things, I mean, I, I totally am on board with you that we have to believe it. And I do believe it's possible. Um, I just, you know, how many times in our lives have we seen career criminals walking away from crimes because of privilege, because of money or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and in this particular case, it seems just unfathomable that Trump could walk away or, you know, some of the people who have worked with him. I mean, some of them obviously have Manafort's in jail, Cohen's in jail. So there are people in jail and, and have done jail time. But, you know, my I would really hope that I would love to see Donald Trump go to jail. He deserves to yeah. go to prison. And mm -hmm. it would it would. I mean, I always I always try to, like, take this um, approach where I look at it from two angles. There's the human angle where we want to see justice. And then there is the bigger angle where like karmic justice. So if, if um, I'm trying to prepare myself, if we don't see human justice for Trump, I'm hoping that, you know, he'll just have to deal with whatever karmic justice his soul will have to deal with, you know, so whether you want to think in terms of God or, you know, if, if you believe in, um, you know, life after death, will, will he come back a, a person who has to learn now because he's been so terrible in this life? I mean, whatever it is that you think, um, I, I, I'm, we all want some kind of justice and, and I'm afraid that in the human form, we may not see it. Uh, and, and then I, the way I would look at it is I would just have to say, all right, well, then I, I hope that there's going to be some kind of justice for him in some way out. You know, I mean, whether you believe in God or not, when you die, you, I don't think that we have to necessarily, I don't think we get punished, but we have to learn. Our souls have to learn. And I don't think Donald Trump's soul has learned very much. He doesn't, he, he's very selfish and he's very, um, you know, in the moment, he's not a deep thinker. And so I, I think that, you know, I, I'm afraid and I don't want to be afraid. I want to believe that he's going to go to prison. But, um, and I, you know, I do think people surrounding him will go to prison, but it's him. Will he go to prison? Because he was the president of the United States. He is now. And then when he's gone, he will be, you know, it'll be was, but, um, I, I'm, af I'm afraid. I'm afraid that we're not going to get there. I hope we do. Do but you think Donald Trump's going to go to prison? I believe that I will never rest, even if I need to run for Congress and get elected to do it. <laughs> I will never rest until I uncover everything. And I believe, I believe, or, or us, the royal we, I, I believe that we, that he, if everything is exposed, mm -hmm. there's no other option for him. But, yeah. I mean, he is a weasel. So yeah. a guy who's, you know, worked with the FBI for the past almost 40 years um, as an informant, um, you know, I would, I would assume that he would flip on people and have enough information to try and weasel out of it. Yeah. But the, the public corruption angle of things of driving him out of office for his massive amount of corruption. And then the public show of that to show that we do not stand for that, mm -hmm. um, whether or not he would go to, you know, uh, federal, prison and share something with Manafort or, you know, <laughs> something on those lines. I, I'm, I'm sure he'd try and, you know, finagle his way out mm -hmm. of it, but 
you know, the goal is for him to at least have to face, you know, court for the rest yeah. of his life. And, and it's like, you can't, I, I don't want to get people excited and say right. yes, but I can say that if everything's exposed, there's no other option for the justice system. Like you can't just let yeah. him off and he's already known as a criminal. So I would, I, I, I as of this point, if he were to like resign right now, he'd be arrested. Like he, he would <laughs> right. not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I'm not sure who would do it. If it'd be SDNY or New York State or New York City, um, or DC or, but somebody would do it and they'd move quick. So he wow. would need, like we're talking about the plea deal of the century, where <laughs> he's got different states and municipalities and cities and guarantees for him, his children, his. Uh, everybody he's ever known, uh, you know, and I just I'm not sure if that would happen. Um, and even if he does resign, even if he were to resign with a plea deal, mm-hmm. I wouldn't stop then. I wouldn't stop then yeah. either. And, and I, I don't I don't think uh, I think what, what's most likely here is for him to be caught off guard by Republicans. And all of a sudden there's a shift or another thing that comes out oh, or so. maybe proof that he uh more audio or video or mm-hmm. something that just is random and it's just like the the final thing where people right. just have are like we're done with it. like yeah. shut up get out of office like, <laughs> oh, please, and, and oh please oh please oh please we're close <laughs> we're close we're close to that so I, even though i wrapped around and said yes i want him to be in prison but it's up to us right it's like everything else yeah i totally agree with to you us. i agree with us. you well i'm all for uh you know him going to prison. So, um, is there anything else you want to add before you take off today? Uh, yeah, make sure to follow the remove Trump account on Twitter. Um, and then also to follow our efforts. Um, I'm at funder F E N D E R. Uh, and then at the Demi coalition, uh, you can also track our efforts there. Um, we'll be, uh, helping out with the daily protests inside the heart Senate office building or around the Capitol. Um, it's very easy to find us at noon every single weekday. Um, and, you know, we're already uh, peacefully approaching senators. And, uh, for example, today we uh, approached Roy Blunt and, uh, you know, said you're complicit. And I think you'll see more and more people <laughs> awesome. starting to say you're a criminal, too. Yeah. And you're in on this whole thing. And um, people are not going to be very happy of it. doesn't matter where you live, because I'll tell you what. If you do a vote to acquit, we're going to find Republicans in Republican states to mm-hmm. primary you. We're going to recruit them and we're going to help them wow. because if they're going to stand by the Constitution, mm-hmm. again, this is about choosing country over party. Right. And I don't. And I'm not saying that we're going to go out and be like, yeah, like he's right. my favorite candidate ever. But we will work at we will work at that level. And um, if it takes a bipartisan effort in a very red state to you know beat someone that uh, is a Republican who stood by Trump, uh, we're going to do it. And, and it doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to have all these donations rack up, but, you know, support from Democratic figures that do push them out of office. And I, I, no one can tell me it's impossible. We won in Alabama. We won in yeah. Kentucky. We won in Virginia. We, it's possible. We're winning everywhere. Like, we, we're not, we're not going to um, this is not something that's going to slow down, but we just, just got to use that momentum. Right. Um, and, and again, there's speaker Pelosi said it really clearly that it's not, it's always been on us. It's the American people. Yeah. It's never been on her. She didn't do any of what people always were like, were you coordinating with speaker? No, 
I, I, we were counting the votes, but we were doing that via like pushing people to vote a certain way as American public. Yeah. And, uh, as we chip away at that, as we chipped away at that and led to um, impeachment. But I mean, again, it's all because we thought it was possible because right. when we, when we stood up again and said, Flynn needs to be fired. Mueller needs to be appointed. Y'all need to recuse yourself. He needs to stay in power. Like we had hundreds of thousands of people show up, fill Times Square immediately to make sure that he wasn't fired. That was a firestorm for him. Um, we've shown up to protest in the snow. We've been in the cold. You know, we have uh, millions of us together. We need. We're we're at that breaking point where uh, we know how to do it. We have uh, enough of the background how to do it. Um, this is our final sort of stand in regards to the whole uh, process of removal. And, and again, there are less than two dozen people that are in, in the Senate that stand in between Trump mm -hmm. and his removal. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the list of senators, if you look at those Republicans, there's two dozen in there. Mm -hmm. they're, they're there. They're there. They exist. Yeah. But it's just about, you know, are they going to tilt? Right. They're not going to tilt unless we're full court. Unless press. we unless push we them. Right. Push harder than ever. Like we've got to be louder than the Vietnam War protests. Like we not not again. Peaceful. Right. Always peaceful, peaceful. But loud. Yes. And and I think, uh, you know, a quote, one of the civil rights icons, I think, you know, where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, good trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with with right. John Lewis. And yes. Um, I think that's where I've got the sniffles like Donald. Um, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 we got to we're, we're almost we're almost at that point where it's the tipping point. This is going to lead us in the election and it's either going to be they decided to not hold their duty. They're going to try and clear him and then more information yeah. will come out and it will make them look terrible. Right. Uh, or they'll have to. They'll do it till. And again, what I remind people of for the possibility of it happening, the possibility for removal, it, it, what I remind people of, if you're immoral enough to still support Donald Trump publicly right now, then I guarantee you they will have no problem acting like they never met the guy. Oh, and right. Exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden, like it, I could see that happening. Be like, you know what? Fuck this. Mm -hmm. Let's let's bring up Pence. And they would rip it off a Band-Aid. He'd be shoved out of the White House. Yeah. And they'd be like, yep, there's no Trump here. Yeah, and it's I like, totally wait a agree. Second. I wait totally agree. <laughs> I mean, well, like I said today, the world will celebrate more um, <laughs> than they ever have the second that he leaves office. Yes. And, I, and I, as a guarantee, I will be in front of the White House. The day that that happens, within minutes, and I will plant uh, legally and peacefully, I will plant – I have to say that, by <laughs> the way, because uh, everything I say is tracked by these people now. So um, I got to be careful. Yeah. Um, so – but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant the freaking American flag back outside the White House. Wow. And, it's, and I'll tell you what. It's, it's going to be a big flag, um, <laughs> a big, yeah, beautiful I mean, like flag. Yeah. And we will, we are going to take back the Senate, hold the house, win back the white house. Um, and you know, whoever it is, whoever it is at that point, when we do take control, then we have the job of holding our own accountable right. to make sure that they do what they said they were going to do. And if they don't, then it's the same thing. Right. And let me tell you how effective it is against our own people. Mm -hmm. So it's um, as an elected official, it's not our own people, but it's, it's really, we are close in regards to 
we're closer to removing Trump than we'll ever be. Yeah, this is this is we're right. We're there. But I also know, you know, I know the chances. I know the probability, but it does not exist unless we recognize that these are some of the weakest, most corrupt people Mm -hmm. that have ever existed in humanity. Yeah. Stop giving them power. Stop mentally giving them power. Exactly. And so if they trust me, like I can tell you this, when we went after when we went after Lindsey Graham, for example, for all his corruption, uh, you know, he started crying on Hannity. He started saying, <laughs> you know, they want me to resign. And I was like, yes. yes. I mean, even <laughs> even with the statement from the impeachment task force we formed. Uh, Fox News ran it on their air without realizing what they were running. And yeah. the quote was along the lines of Trump's propaganda machine will be running in overdrive. <laughs> uh, and it, it's like playing on Fox News. And while she's reading it, she's like, oh, fuck, what are we reading? <laughs> we're, we, and it was a quote from me about, oh, well, Trump's propaganda machine is running in overdrive. And she kind of slows down. <laughs> and she's like, what am I saying? What wow. did you do here? Um, so it, like, there's ways for us to, again, insert ourselves into the conversation, but um, my, I'll leave you with these words. Uh, 2020 is ours. We're going to dominate this year. This is our year, and nobody's going to fucking take it from us. And this is, no matter what, no matter what, we've made it through the last few mm-hmm. years of shit. We are going to make it through this for damn sure. And I promise everyone, I will bust my ass every single second of every single damn day. No matter what, I will not stop for anything. I don't care what happens. I will not stop. I hope you don't either. Um, No one should give up. This should be the time where you use your energy. You take your days off and you put everything you can towards our democracy because what we do now is what determines the outcome in 2020. And that determines the route for the rest of the entire world. Yes. So we need to, we have a responsibility for humanity to beat him in 2020 and to especially, especially knock Mitch McConnell out of the job. Yes. So absolutely. Let's, well, let's, yeah, let's rock. Let's go. Woohoo. <laughs> let's, let's, let's roll. All righty. Well, thank you, Scott. I'm, I'm really glad that I talked to you today because um, I'm, I'm really, you know, pumped up and I'm feeling, I'm feeling confident and I'm feeling good. And I appreciate your words of wisdom and your effort to convince people to believe because we do need to believe so thank you and uh you know i'm sure i'll be talking to you again sounds great thanks for having me take care believe so interesting because i did that uh solo podcast which i'll just hint around if anybody is going to still be listening uh to my little stuff after after the main interview um you know part of what i talked about is is belief our minds are so powerful and we can convince ourselves to be in better moods. We can convince ourselves to see things from different perspectives. So it's a choice, right? You can say, um, oh, Trump's going to win again. And then if we all say that, if we all say Trump's going to win again, then guess what? We paved the way for Trump to win again. But collectively, if we say, no, we're not letting him get away with this. We're not letting him um, take over our country. We're not letting him getting, you know, we're not going to get, let him get away with lies, blah, 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 blah. Then that's what happens. Then collectively, we all come together. We call our senators. We get in front of the White House. We march. We do all the stuff. And we make, 
we, we create our reality. And that's something that I kind of talked about on the show on Monday. We are, we are the ones who are deciding. And so I think it's great that Scott brought that up because it does actually help me feel better. And how about this? How about when you're talking to somebody who's negative, uh, whether it's somebody online or somebody in person, remind them. Just say we, ca- we can't take that route. Because if we all decide that Trump's going to win, then Trump will win. Let's just say, and, 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 and you know, he brought up the idea that, oh, I don't want to get disappointed. Haven't you already been disappointed? You know what? Life is a chance and a risk. Every single thing we do is a chance and a risk. So there's always the risk of disappointment. We just have to get over that. Of course, there's a chance of disappointment. But let's just forget that for now. Not worry about how we may feel if this one thing happens or not. Focus on it's going to happen. We're going to get him out. We're going to remove him. And and if he's not removed, then we will still find a way to beat him in 2020. That's the kind of attitude all of us need. And I'm really going to make the effort. I mean, I've pretty much done it. I've had moments where I've gotten worried and I'm like, I don't know. I don't. But for the most part, I have always said to people who are negative and feeling low, like, no, don't allow yourself to go there. Because if enough of us go there, then we give it to him. So we can't do that. And that's really, truly what he's depending on. Because there was an article that came out in Vox the other day, and it was Steve Bannon said that they don't worry about the Democrats. They're focusing on the media. And the whole idea is to flood the zone with shit. That was a quote. So they are not concerned about trying to defeat Democrats. They're concerned at trying to make us exhausted and make us feel like we can't win. So don't give them that victory. You have the power. You have the choice. You can decide. No, fuck that shit. I am not giving you that victory. This is my country and I'm a patriot and I believe in the Constitution and I believe in the rule of law, even if it doesn't work out every little single time. In the bigger picture, it does and it will. And so let's do that. Rah, rah, rah. (laughs) All right. So that's the end of my rah, rah speech. Um, You can always find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. You can also find me on Instagram at that same name. And if you want to buy my books, I would really appreciate it. I've got Peyton's Choice, which is for teenagers, but adults have read it and men have read it. Oddly, that's always surprising me. Anyway, Peyton's Choice is about abortion and there's American Woman, The Pole Dance, Women in Voting, The Virgin Diaries, which is a story of... uh, first time sex from people of all different ages explaining what it was like when they had sex for the very first time. That's the very first book that ever came out uh, that I did. And then Ain't No Sunshine, Men Reveal the Pain of Heartbreak. I just learned that the two books that are selling the most, well, Peyton's Choice seems to be always doing the best, but then Ain't No Sunshine has surprisingly, I don't really ever talk about that book because it's not necessarily in my wheelhouse. Like I can say that the three, the Virgin Diaries and Peyton's Choice and American Women Woman are all, in my opinion, either having to do, you know, sex education, abortion, um, voting rights. So when I, my mom and I worked on Ain't No Sunshine, we collected stories from men on what it's like to experience a broken heart. And mainly the idea is I had a friend who told me once that, you know, people, women specifically think men have it easier, uh, when through a breakup. And I, you know, she said, no, that's not true. Men have it harder. And the case where men have it harder is when they were emotionally, um, invested. So obviously if you're dating a guy and you really like him and he doesn't really like you, then he's not going to be 
he's not going to have a broken heart. But for the men who truly get broken hearts, uh, it was a fascinating glimpse into their lives. They shared some really sad tales, um, but also very eye-opening. Got stories from some gay men, uh, straight men, men who were married, men who just, you know, had their heart broken or maybe suffered unrequited love. So surprisingly to me, that's been like the number two seller, at least in recent days. So go ahead and check me out on Amazon at Kimberly Johnson or it's Kimberly A. Johnson, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. And we will talk to you next week. I'm not doing a show on Monday because I that's going to be my floating week that I'm only doing one show. It should be with Steve Schmidt. So it'll be a big one. Let's hope, let us pray that he uh, does show up for this. I think he will. And, and then I have to go to the doctor on Thursday. That's the, uh, the tumor doctor to check out the, the, the um, or I should I call him the lump doctor. Uh, jump out, check out the lump on my, um, I was going to say testicle <laughs> on my tonsil. No, I do not have testicles, but I was going to say it. So, um, yeah, I have a lump on my tonsil and I think it's going to be fine, but let's, you know, please, please, let's be, let's put the good energy my way that everything comes out fine. All right. That's going to be it. Thank you for listening. Check out next week's show on the 29th with Steve Schmidt and we will see you next time. 